Right. Um, can we have um, Philippians 4.6 on the screen? I haven't talked to anybody about that, but I'm assuming we might be able to do that. Philippians 4.6. There we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is not the first time I've spoken about not fearing. And it always challenges me because I'm not a fearless person. You might think I am because I'm quite happy to throw myself off mountains. But there is fear in other areas. And I think that it's true that for most of us, we, we don't always realise how deeply rooted fear and anxiety can be in our lives. Because for the most part, we don't go around feeling fearful. So it's easy to, to miss those places where the enemy uses fear to stop us doing the things that the Lord wants us to do or being the person that God wants us to be. Or even if we are aware of those kind of feelings of anxiety, we can, we can sort of justify ourselves by going, oh, no, 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 I'm not frightened. I'm just a little bit anxious and that's normal. And so we can kind of dismiss what God wants to sort out in our lives. And I think if you're like me, we can, we can downplay it really readily to make ourselves feel better <laughs> rather than owning it for what it is. I like this definition of fear. Fear deceives, misleads by false appearance or statement, outwits, misrepresents, dupes, misinforms, misdirects. And that's the thing. Fear, for us as believers, is based on deception. Because as it says in, in 2 Timothy 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of fear. In 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That's why we can say fear is based in deception. It misleads, outwits, misrepresents. Because as believers, our call is to live by faith and not by fear. It's how we're meant to live. And this might feel like a long time ago now, but my observation in lockdown was that so many of us Christians were as susceptible to fear over COVID and the ramifications of it as anyone else. And we absorbed all these endless fear-inducing messages. And so many people, I think, were crippled into inactivity and despondency during lockdown. And as Christians, we are the ones who are called to be beacons of hope and beacons of light in, in what was a really dark time. And it was a dark time. It was a, something that none of us had ever experienced or gone through before. But, but I believe that actually, as a society, we're still living with a legacy of that massive increase in fear that was all-pervasive. We might be through COVID, even though it's doing the rounds again. But 
there are still people around us who haven't returned to what was normal pre-COVID. And the reason is fear. And if we're called to be beacons of hope and light and perfect love drives out all fear, then we have a responsibility to live in the call of God to be fearless. When I was preparing for this, I came across a testimony. And in a way, it's a testimony that made me really sad because it's from an Iranian Christian couple who, because they converted from Islam, found their very life was in danger. And they managed to emigrate to the West. And after a few months, I, I believe they were living in the States, not in the UK, but I'm not sure. But after a few months, this is what the wife said to the husband. Please take me back to Iran. There is a satanic lullaby in this nation. All the Christians are asleep and I feel myself falling asleep. And I read that and I thought, oh my goodness. Am I still partially asleep? And is that down to fear? How desperately tragic that a woman who had escaped the very real likelihood of violence, sexual violence, loss of income, imprisonment, and possibly worse, was saying that was a risk worth taking because of the greater danger and damage to her soul of that passivity caused by fear. And, and she recognised that she was daily imbibing these lies about life, where it's more important to be comfortable than to be radical. And Jesus calls us to be radical. So why does that happen? Why is there, in her words, a satanic lullaby over our nations in the West? I believe part of that is because we are afraid. We're afraid to stand up. We're afraid to be radical. And it's crucial, I think, that we recognise what's going on if we don't want to be complacent and apathetic and slightly watered down. You might remember that a few weeks ago I spoke about the battle we're facing and, and I... And the, the call that came was, was rise up, rise up St. Leonard's. Because we're not called to be passive, we're called to be obedient disciples with a desire to see the kingdom come and a desire to make Jesus known. Fear will incapacitate us and fear will paralyze us and fear will stop us doing the very things that God wants us to do. And so the question is, where does fear come from? The first thing, and this is possibly absolutely stating the obvious, is that fear does not come from God. Okay. I believe that it essentially comes from, from our doubt, actually. The enemy uses that. But if we truly believed in our hearts, in the very, very core of our being and not just in our heads that God will always 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 come through for us whatever we're doing that he will always be true to his word he will always be faithful he will always protect us then we would be able to live according to our verse in Philippians 4 6 
Do not be anxious about anything, anything. I don't know, I don't know if this figure is accurate, and I think I've quoted it before, but a lot of search engines will tell you that the Bible says, do not be afraid or do not worry, or do not be anxious 365 times. That's one for every day of the year. I've, I can't corroborate that. I don't know if it's true, but I have read it. Whatever the number is, and it is a lot, it's, it, the reason for that is because this is important. Because God longs for us to walk in faith and trust and intimacy and to be free from the fear and anxiety that can be so debilitating. And I know because it can debilitate me. And I'm very aware as I stand here, I can't tell you that I am completely free from fear. I'm a lot freer than I was five years ago, ten years ago, way, way freer. I mean, there was a time, as you know, that I couldn't even speak to a group of more than three people, let alone preach. But I'm a work in progress, as we all are. But there are areas where I can give testimony to massive, massive breakthrough and freedom. And that's the thing, just because it's still hard in some places, that's not a reason not to persevere and push in, to enjoy that freedom in other places. There's no reason to think that we're hopeless and that we'll never change. We will when we allow God to bring that transformation, when we trust him, when we push into him. Because as I said just now, he will always, always, always come through for us. God is on our case. He wants us to walk in freedom from fear. And as we continue to journey with the Lord day by day, he will continue to lead us into greater freedom day by day. It's in his nature. And all the stuff we've already dealt with, whatever that is for you, it's different for me, all of the stuff we've already dealt with paves the way for what is to come. Nothing is wasted. God is transforming us daily to be more and more like Jesus. And only he knows what each of us needs to do as individuals. He alone knows when we need to do that. Because it's different for each of us. He alone knows when we're ready to take the next step. I, I think, if you think about this for a moment, I actually believe that... God's love for us is so immense and so complete that his desire for our freedom is greater than our own desire for freedom. He longs for us to be totally free, totally fearless. And we might think we do, but actually his desire for that is humongous. And we become so used to the things that we struggle with so used to them being around us that we almost stop noticing them. They can become like security blankets, actually. And we feel more unsure about living without the stuff that makes us feel secure, even if it shouldn't be there. Because we, know how, we, don't, we don't know how to operate without those feelings. We don't know how to operate without that level of anxiety because it pushes us into control, and we like control, thank you very much. 
So we allow those thoughts, sometimes completely invisibly, to control our behaviour and our emotions way more than we realise. So I just thought I'd give you a few examples of where fear can impact us. I may not need to do this. You could probably all think of your own, because as I say, we're individuals and it will be different for each of us. But for me, four weeks ago, when I realised I was preaching today, I thought, I'm about to go on holiday. How can I find time to write a sermon? It was a fear thing. I thought, there's, not, there's no time. How am I going to do this? There aren't enough hours in the day. We say that sometimes, and it's based in fear. We think, well, what if I can't do what I've been asked to do? What if I fail that test? What if I get sick? What if I can't afford it? What if they don't like what I've said or what I've done? What if the car breaks down? What if that person doesn't get well again? What if God doesn't answer my prayer? So many what ifs. If you find yourself thinking, what if, there is fear. God is not a God of what ifs at all. It's, it's a telltale symptom that we're not fully trusting the Lord if we're thinking what if. And that gives a foothold to the enemy. That's the bottom line. I think one of our... For most of us, one of our biggest subconscious fears is what will other people think about me? What if they saw what I was really like? And we, we fear the pain of not being liked, not being accepted. We fear the pain of being rejected. And we think like that so much that so often we present who we think we should be rather than the real, authentic person that we are. And so, fears like that are not obvious and visible at all. They're really quite hidden, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to root them out. Because when we walk in them, that kind of fear still paralyzes us. It stops us being who God has called us to be. And, of course, other fears can be much larger. I'm sure we all know people who've walked with a fear of redundancy, a fear of loss of income, a fear of natural disaster. We were driving on roads that said, this is an avalanche zone. In fact, we did one... one Laurie wasn't with us at, the, at that point, but we drove one road, and it was called the shooting gallery because rocks fell down so often from the top of the mountain. And I thought, you can't actually drive along that road if you feel fear... Of, of natural disaster. And some of us might be held captive by phobias that result from things in the past. Whether, whether the threat we fear is real or imagined, it still causes suffering. It still causes paralysis. It will always stop us from doing something. And in fact, if, if we don't, if, if it's left unchallenged, a spirit of fear will affect our minds and our will and our emotions and even our bodies. Fear will impact us physically. Fear can cause a whole myriad of different physical symptoms if we don't deal with it. It can cause us to feel weak and nervous and insecure and tired and stressed. I know because I've, I've experienced it. And, and the worst thing is it stops us enjoying life. 
God doesn't want us to be miserable. He is the source of our joy, and we're called to live in joy and to enjoy life. That's God's original design for us. So whatever fear you're battling with, consciously or subconsciously, whatever fear I'm battling with, we need to come back to Father God with it. It's the only place to deal with it because he is the only one who can set us free. And nothing, nothing is too big, nothing is too shameful for him to deal with. Nothing is impossible. I mean, the actual reality is God's already dealt with it. He dealt with it on the cross. Our fear has been dealt with past tense. But we need to walk into the reality of that. We need to inhabit the reality of freedom from fear that Jesus purchased for us on the cross. And recognise that it's the enemy that's wanting to keep us bound up by fear and anxiety. I'm sure, I'm sure I've told some of you this before, but one of my favourite worship songs is the song Safe by Phil Wickham. And if you haven't ever listened to it, listen to it on Spotify or whatever. The lyrics are fantastic. If, I, if it comes on when I'm in the car, it nearly always makes me cry. <laughs> the lyrics are this, you will be safe in his arms. You will be safe in his arms. The hands that hold the world are holding your heart. This is the promise he makes. He will be with you always. When everything is falling apart, you will be safe in his arms. On those beautiful lyrics, I love that line that says, the hands that hold the world are holding your heart. We are safe. We actually are safe. That's such a powerful truth. Fear comes from feeling unsafe, fundamentally, from feeling unprotected, vulnerable, full of shame. And the reality is none of those things are true. They are all lies. Our permanent state is that we are safe. We are safe. God says to us, do, do not be anxious, because we don't have to be. He wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. And what we need is a new perspective on who God is. Because he, he's sovereign over all the earth. He loves you. He loves me. He will protect you. He will protect me. He will never, ever let us down. And I'm sure we can all say that we've read books from these amazing Christians who seem to have loads of miracle stories about healings and deliverances and miraculous provision and restoration of relationships, powerful supernatural encounters. And we, we sort of jump to the conclusion that somehow they're different to us. They're more gifted, they're more, they're more supernatural or something. But that simply isn't true. They're fundamentally the same as we are. The only major difference is they don't allow their fears to control or to dictate what they do. That's the only difference between those we consider to be spiritual giants and you and me. 
They, they don't allow fear to stop them walking in their anointing. So, so whether we experience a, an occasional small fear or whether we live with constant underlying anxiety or whether we're plagued by some sort of sense of impending doom, whatever it is, allow God to reach out to you. Even this morning. Only, only you know where you're at with this stuff. Don't, don't beat yourself up for being fearful, please. God knows we will all experience fear. Why else would he say to us, don't be afraid so many times? He knows we will experience fear. And he also knows that we need to do battle in the heavenlies. And he's made a way. It's about making good choices. It's about choosing whether we agree with the lies and propaganda of the enemy or whether we choose to agree with who God is and what he's promised to us and his faithfulness. The Bible says we need to take every thought captive. And you know that is how we deal with fear. We take those fearful thoughts captive and we bring them back to Jesus. And it just fundamentally comes down to choice at the end of the day. It might be a, a weekly choice, it might be a daily choice, it might be a moment by moment choice, but it's still a choice where we come into and choose to enter that place where we allow God to minister to us. Because he is our confidence. Confidence doesn't come from within me. Confidence, my confidence comes from, comes from Jesus. My confidence comes from God and his promises. So if you know you're fearful about something, bring it into the light. Allow God to shine his light on it so it's fully exposed. Allow God to minister to you. Listen to what he's saying to you about that particular thing. Allow him to speak to your heart. He will be gentle, I promise. He will be gentle. And you will experience breakthrough. We will experience breakthrough. And the more committed we are to rooting out fear, the more we will grow in confidence of his faithfulness. It's cause and effect. And the less fear will have a hold on us. So that's my encouragement to you this morning. That's where I want to finish. Be committed to dealing with it. Be committed to going after it. Be committed to bringing it to the Lord. And then we will grow in that place of freedom and be free from fear. Amen.